0: Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. Hey, so we are halfway through Advent, and that means that we are about two weeks away from Christmas which probably also means that you just realized that you are way behind on your Christmas shopping, right? And that's why I've strategically waited until this week to talk about Advent. And that's why I've strategically waited until this week to talk about Advent, so that we can keep our heads in the game and stay focused on the true meaning of the Advent season instead of freaking out about our last minute shopping. Advent is a period of spiritual preparation for us before Christmas when we focus on the coming of the Lord. And in fact, Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. Now, this coming has a twofold meaning. It's not only about Jesus being born in a major. Now, in the Catechism, we're going to see this dual meaning at work. So on the one hand, we do focus on the birth of Christ, But we do it by looking back and rekindling the expectancy that the Jewish people experienced while they were awaiting the Messiah. Also, when we're looking back on the nativity of our Lord, we should be pondering in our hearts the mystery of the incarnation of God and not in a, oh, that's nice kind of way, right? but to really sit and chew over how revolutionary it was and what it means that God took on our humanity and entered into the world he created in order to free us from sin, right? So that we may share in eternity with him. So if you've never done that before, or if you just want a deeper appreciation of this, I suggest that you call on Mama Mary, right? Because scripture tells us that she pondered all of these things in her heart, right? all of it, everything. So call on her intercession and she can help you to ponder on these things as well. Now, on the other hand, by tapping into this longing, get this, there should arise in us a renewed desire for his second coming, right? And and with that, there is an implied sense to live a life of grace so that we may be found worthy during the second coming, which is our judgment. Okay, so Now, this is like a classic both and Catholic situation, right? The nativity makes the second coming sweeter, and the second coming makes the nativity so awe-inspiring. Now, doesn't that just excite you? Now that we're excited about finishing Advent with a bang, the question becomes how? How do I make the most out of these last two weeks of Advent? So looking back at its origins, I think will help us to identify with early Christians during the season of Advent and learn something from them that can help us by applying it to our spiritual lives today. Now, since the celebration of Advent has evolved in the spiritual life of the church, we're going to go over its history and its liturgical practices a little bit. As with all of our liturgical seasons, Advent developed naturally over time and it has always been viewed as a period of preparation. Now, the earliest practices of Advent um, were in France and they actually ended on the Feast of the Epiphany and it was this was also a time when converts would be baptized. And the Epiphany is in January, not December, right? And now in the Roman Rite, the Epiphany commemorates the coming of the three Magi, which is important because the Magi were Gentiles, and this meeting between them and Jesus signifies how Jesus is revealing himself to the Gentiles as well as the Jews, right? But in Eastern Catholic rites, as well as in Orthodox uh, Christianity, the Epiphany commemorates Christ's baptism in the Jordan, and this reveals to the world that Jesus is the Son of God, And that makes sense then that during these early beginnings of Advent in France, that the uh, preparatory efforts reached its height on the day of Jesus's baptism with the baptism of converts. So what did this preparation look like? Well, it was very similar to Lent. So the emphasis was on prayer and fasting, which lasted three weeks um, and later was expanded to 40 days to mirror lent a little bit more in the late 300s we hear of advent in spain and there was a local council there and at that council they decided that they would only have three weeks of fasting before the epiphany right 200 years after that in france at another small local council um, the people there were also inspired by lenten fasting and They then required fasting from the middle of November on my birthday, actually, to be specific, until Christmas, and they would only fast on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Now, these practices began to spread to England and eventually made their way to Rome in the 6th century. But here, like in France, the preparation was geared towards Christmas now and not the epiphany. But unlike in France, the custom wasn't a penitential one. It was one of joy. Now, these are all examples of like local formalization of the Advent season, you know, like on smaller levels. So let's look at the hierarchical church and how she gradually formalized the celebration of Advent as a period of spiritual preparation for Christmas. We see that in the 400s, Pope St. Galatius I was the first to provide any specific Advent liturgies, and he did this for five Sundays, and then later Pope Gregory the Seventh. He would reduce those five Sundays to four Sundays. And he did this later on in like the 11th century, I think. But before all of that happened, Pope St. Gregory I, he beefed up the liturgy, right? So he did this by, he composed like thematic prayers for the liturgies in Advent, as well as um, picking specific readings and responses from the congregation and also antiphons so that the liturgy would really um, bring people to focus in on what. The important aspects of the season were, and this was actually done in the late 500s. So we can see how so early on the liturgy took such a central role in our spiritual preparation of this season, seizing of, <laughs> of this season, as as it should in everything that we do, right? So, and then this is my very last tidbit about the history of Advent. Now, in case you haven't noticed. The church year always starts the first Sunday of Advent, and it has always done this ever since the beginning of the ninth century. So based on the history, it's obvious that this season of Advent has been, since the beginning, a special and spiritually enriching time of the year for the Catholic people. Now, applying this knowledge to us now, how, how will it impact our Lenten season. So in the Byzantine Catholic tradition, we fast, right? Fasting is beautiful and and an enlightening way to prepare your heart and your spirit throughout the year for different feasts. And if you think that you might want to add fasting to the rest of your Advent, or you're curious to know the benefits of fasting, I have an episode called Why Fasting Isn't Just for Lent. I think that's the title. It's pretty close if that's not exactly it. Um, Go back and listen to that. But you don't have to fast. Now, my parents, they don't fast because they're still Roman Catholics and they use an Advent wreath and the accompanied Advent mass readings to assist them to prepare for Christ coming at the nativity. Now, when we were little, my mom would have my brother and I use um, Advent calendars also. And I love those because they had those treats in them, right? Which is awesome. And not just because of the treat itself, but the lesson that it teaches children about this joyful expectancy. Now, maybe we weren't able to connect the dots and, you know, transfer our eager anticipation for the daily treat um, to that anticipation that we should have had for one, the coming of the Messiah, or two, the second coming of the Lord, right? We might've been, you know, we, might have been no, we definitely were uh, too young to like fully grasp that. But as adults, I can definitely see that it did shape the way that we approach Advent now. Now, if you set out to use any of those aids at the beginning of Advent and you've slacked off since then, like here's your opportunity to get back on the horse or. If you haven't even unpacked your Advent wreath or calendar or whatever it is that you use to help you really get into this season, do it now, right? Jesus doesn't discriminate. Remember the parable of those workers who worked only one hour and still received the same wage as those who worked all day, right? Just saying. So don't miss out. But most importantly, pay attention to the liturgy. The readings in the Mass during this time of the year in the Roman Rite are the best way to really do advent like a boss. I love how at this time of the year the Old Testament readings are the prophecies of the Messiah who was to come. And a number of those prophecies are from Isaiah, who is totally amazing. And then we also hear the prophecies of John the Baptist. You know, and and then by the time we get to the gospel reading in the liturgy, my mind is always blown because they always depict Jesus as a fulfillment of those prophecies that we just heard from the Old Testament. Now, look, I have an advanced degree in this stuff, which I think is proof that no matter how much you know, you can still be captivated by God's divine orchestration, by his, by his precision, and the care that he took to prepare us, his people, for the gift of salvation that he intended to give us in Jesus. So coming up in the final week of Advent, our focus will be on the approaching birth of Christ, and then our Blessed Mother, she's also going to receive particular attention. So here's what I think that we should do. Now, if you haven't been attending daily Mass, or you haven't been paying particular attention during um, Sunday Mass, go back and read the readings since Advent began, and even read the daily Mass readings, um, because it's amazing just to watch like all of this flower and unfold before your eyes and we have two weeks left to do it. Now you can do this um, by going to the USCCB website and when you get to their website you'll see on the right side of the screen a little calendar and you can click on the specific days and those will tell you, um, there will be the readings, they're available for you to read for free. Um, you can get it on your phone, on your computer, whatever it is that you use to get on the internet Read them through. Read a few a day from now until Christmas itself. And I really believe that you are going to have an amazing Christmas this year. That's all I have on Advent. So now I have a personal request. Um, So Right now, this podcast has reached a fork in the road, and so I would like for you guys, if you could please join me in prayer uh, to pray for this podcast, this ministry, myself, and um, our place in the Catholic world, that would be greatly appreciated. I totally believe in the power of prayer, and I know that you guys guys do as well. So if you can pray for um, my success, in my future short-term endeavors, um, and also for my protection against the agents of the enemy, that would just really put me at spiritual ease. And um, I will definitely keep you guys posted, but because of that, My, you know, I I write this podcast, um, these episodes, I write them at night. So my nights are going to be taken up with something else for the short term. So I don't know if I'll be able to release any more episodes between now and the end of the year. So that being said, please stay in touch with me on Instagram at ClumsyTheosis. I think I'll try to be more active there um, than I already am just so that we can um, maintain contact. Um, But yeah, so pray for me this podcast and where everything is going and what the Lord is doing. And hopefully when I come back and tell you everything in the beginning of the year, everything is going to be amazing. All right. (laughs) Until then, subscribe to the podcast. And like I said, follow on Instagram. Everyone, peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week we explore a topic within the Catholic faith, To aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.